how they do is they try to mess us up, but you know, they can't stop greatness. That's right. You great. Right. You That's great. Right. And I'm great a little bit. I'm just a little great. I'm trying to get great like you, though, you know. Oh, I'm trying to be like you, Chris, and I grow up. <laughs> no, no, I've been in training. I'm trying to be like Shantae so I can make all the pay. <laughs> hey, you got to rhyme with your name. You ain't even knew it. <laughs> so uh, I think we'll be, uh, I think we'll be, let's see here. Looks like we are live now on the Chris Monroe Show. Right Bye. live in sunny St. Louis on a nice what is it? Monday morning with Shantae knocking down deals and making skills for deals and wheels. I know you're doing it good. How are you doing this morning? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. No point in complaining. I know that's right. So um, I, I know you uh, got a, a nice deal you want to tell us about and everything, but I wanted to start out a little bit just by, uh, can you give us a little background about how you got into real estate? What were you doing before you got into real estate? What made you decide to even mess with this crazy world of real estate? Well, I've been in real estate for quite some time, actually. Um, so I was an underwriter with City Mortgage for about three years. And then I was a loan officer with American Equity Mortgage for a little bit. And then um, I just got my license to sell real estate in November of 2018. So I decided to, you know, with my real estate knowledge, I wanted to combine that with my sales experience because I've been doing sales for about 20 years. So it only made sense for me to go ahead and do it and, and just take the leap. So I did. Mm. I left America in January 2018. I'm sorry, January this year, 2019. I just couldn't go back. I couldn't clock in again. I just knew too much. So I wanted to pursue my passion. That's what so I did. You want to keep on using all these great skills that you have making somebody else rich. Exactly. Time for me to pay myself. Pay yourself first and come back and hopefully give them a little something, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that's right. So um, so you was doing mortgages, right? You said you were underwriting loans and stuff, or what was it? Yeah, I was an underwriter. Um, so I would approve and decline um, loan modifications. So people who homes are about to foreclose, I would have to review the documents and see if it's going to be approved or declined based on their you know, debt to income ratio and some other factors that we looked into. So yeah, that's what I did in underwriting. So that kind of helped you moving over into kind of doing this wholesaling type thing when you deal with somebody that got a pre-foreclosure, you kind of understand the lingo already. Yeah, definitely. My, my real estate uh, or my knowledge in the real estate industry so far has definitely helped me. And I really feel like my sales background has helped me a lot, you know, because it ultimately comes down to you being able to talk to people and communicate effectively. You know, if they don't like you, then they're not going to do business with you. I agree 100%. So you go in there and you just smile and say, yeah, I'm going to make it all happen for your sign right here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to really make it happen. That's what I do. I really make it happen. I know that's right. So what was it that made you decide to say, you know what, I want to do wholesaling. Why wholesaling? You know what? I stumbled upon the term on YouTube. And I stumbled upon the term about two years ago when I heard it, I thought it was fake. There's no way you can buy a house or real estate without using your own money or your own credit. I just didn't believe it. Um, so I kind of kept that tucked away in the back of my head. And it came back up uh, about July last year. And I decided uh, I joined Max Maxwell's group, the Wholesalers Elite group. 
And I just started soaking up a lot of information, you know, YouTube University. I started using all my spare time, just digging in and, and, and learning all I can learn. Mm-hmm. And I, I was going to start digging up my own leads, driving for dollars. And I was just going to take the leap and see what happened. And see, it happened. See. I know, so it made you a believer. You say, wait a minute, all these people cashing these big old checks. Let me get in this game and see what's going on. Yeah, don't leave me out. I'm coming. That's right. <laughs> Tag me in, coach. Tag so, yeah, me. I understand. <laughs> so, I know that, uh, you know, you see people putting these big checks. But that's how I felt, too. I was like, why are all these people getting this money? You know, they just getting checks for doing what now? Oh, no, I know I can do this. Because that's basically how I found out about it. I kind of fell asleep. And I woke mm-hmm. up and I saw a video of Max Maxwell walking around talking about real estate. I'm like, who is this dude with this big beard talking about real estate and making mm-hmm. these checks and stuff? I said, oh, no, I got to find out what's going on with this. Yeah, so that's what that's how I do. So you say you started about July 2018. That's when I um, kind of started really researching again. But I was honestly, Chris, I was scared. I didn't even I've kind of drove up a lot of leads, you know, got a lot of addresses. I, I recruited my son. He's 20 years old. I'm about to be 21 on the 27th of this month. And I recruited him to do my skip tracing. You know, so along the way, I've been teaching him the game. I told him by the time he's 25, he's going to be a real estate beast. And he will. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> so he, you're training him up good. So that's smart. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. So um, so what kind of marketing do you do? You said you do driving for dollars. What other ways are you looking for leads to come in? Um, so I do driving for dollars with my son. Well, actually, my son, he does Uber. So while he's doing that, his goal is to give me 20 addresses a day. But he's been killing it. Sometimes he'll send 40 addresses a day. Um, So honestly, I have, I'm glad I did it this way because I started tackling my leads before I really took the leap. And as I learned, many people struggle with leads. So that's my strongest point. You know what I'm saying? So if I have leads, I feel like I can always eat. That's the... Key. You say, you know, as long as you know how to generate those leads, it'll always pump up. So that's smart, you know, because that, that is a part that everybody don't understand. It's really more so, you know, marketing. got to be a real good marketer. And it seems like you got that down pat. Yeah, yeah. And word of mouth is powerful. You know, um, I use Facebook. Um, I have my realtor's license, too. So that's another uh, some more ammo in my in my vest, you know. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask you about, too. So do you feel like having a real estate license, does that help you? Or give me some ways that that's beneficial and some ways that it might hurt you. Because uh, a lot of people ask, should they get their license? You know, to me, it was my best move. And the reason why, I guess for me, it just gave me the confidence that I needed to go ahead and push. You know, I like the professionalism that comes behind having a realtor license. You know, and um, as you know, wholesale deals, maybe what, 5 10% of the market. You know, so there's a very small uh, niche of people that you're trying to find. But I realized with my real estate license, I can pick up that other 95 percent. So I don't want to leave anything on the table if I don't have to. And getting my license allowed me to learn the real estate lingo and just, you know, a lot of uh, laws pertaining to real estate. And I just wanted to be comfortable with that before I started playing with people houses and contracts and things like that so for me it made me more comfortable doing it that way right right so i can definitely understand because that gives you a a, a link to the retail buyer and you don't know what you know they're going to give you or a person that wants to sell their house you don't know their situation you can always list it you can wholesale it you got other options so that kind of helped you just by having that license you say huh 
That's right. And even when I host them, you know, with my license, it gives me the opportunity to even market those that way if I need to, you know, that gives it greater marketing exposure. You know, my mm. thing, when I take on a home, I want to market it well because I'm going to sell that home. I'm going to sell it. And you know it. When you lock it up, you know where it's going. It ain't no game. Huh? I'm selling it. That's my goal. I'm not playing. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. You got to go for it. <laughs> yeah. so that's smart so you know so you take so you're saying you're basically take a wholesale deal and you're listed on the mls if i have to but lately i haven't had to but i did do one that way but yeah mm -hmm. it gives me the option to be flexible and do what i need to do to get this moved right right so are you also growing your own buyers list as well as you go like gathering email addresses and things like that so you can market to them later absolutely absolutely that's my money <laughs> that's my money yes so that's get on my list so when, when i send you something it's ready to go yeah absolutely. all right so that's cool so i want to get into this deal you uh this, a, this is your first commercial deal correct it was very so, so is there a big difference between dealing with residential and commercial there is there really is you know because even when you calculate the uh the numbers it's totally different because when you think thinking about a commercial property, you know, then you got to factor in the income and, you know, what kind of lease is it on? And I don't know if you heard of a triple net lease, you know? Um, so there's so many factors and location is everything, yeah. you know, so it was definitely a different animal. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So you got modified gross triple net lease. You got all this stuff. You're like, what? You got to pay for what? All these extra yeah. fees a person yeah. don't even know about maintenance, mm -hmm. taxes, insurance, all this yeah, I mean, it is a whole nother world. So uh, would you even suggest somebody that's doing this wholesale and even pursue commercial deals? Or should you think it's easier for people to stick to like residential? Residential is definitely easier. But, you know, I don't back down from a challenge and I wouldn't discourage anybody to do that either. But at the same time, if you're not a go getter and you're not a person that's going to figure out some things, don't waste somebody's time. Right, right. So you got to be a, a, a deal maker and a problem solver, right? Big time problem solver. You can't figure it out. Please don't waste someone's time. Yeah, because I see people with listings and houses up for sale for six, seven months. I'm like, man, you're doing the people yeah. a disservice. You should have got that's, that done by now. That's too long. Yeah. When I listen, I'm trying to get it sold. And that's what makes me different, too. You know, what I found is that um, the people that I spoke with, they mentioned that other realtors that they work with, Sometimes they'll list the houses and just sit back and wait for the magic to happen. You know, me, no. I'm going to list that house and I'm going to sell that house. So I'm going to market it. I'm going to shop it. I'm going to spread the word. I'm going to be on Facebook. I'm going to talk to all my friends. I may go next door to the places or the shops, you know, around or houses nearby. I mean, whatever it takes, but I'm going to get that sold. I know that's right. All right. So this deal that you did, this your first commercial deal, how did you come across this lead? What, what kind of marketing were you doing to find it? Actually, I ended up driving down the street and I saw this little tiny for sale sign in the window. Mm. And I knew they weren't effectively marketing and they needed my help because they're not going to sell this thing. So I reached out and that's how I got it. He, and the seller actually lived in Cancun. What? Yeah. So, so we really did a virtual deal then. Kind of. He had an assistant here in St. Louis. Well, she actually was in Granite City. So she would drive down to meet me and he flew in to close this deal. Mm. 
He didn't want to do no send no mail and all that junk. He said, I'm coming to town, get my money. Yes. And it was really good because, um, you know, it's all about building those relationships and uh, creating long-term relationships. You know, I don't want to help you just today, but when you think of something and you need something in real estate, I need you to think of me first, you know? Right. With him, he absolutely was impressed. He loved me. You know, when when we were at the closing table, I had to go downstairs and run to the car. I came back in and he was bragging on me as well as Leslie with the title company and (laughs) my seller and my buyer were actually bragging. They were very impressed. And me, I totally fumbled my way through because it's my first commercial property, you know, Mm -hmm. but as long as they're happy, we got it done. He sent me another commercial property that I'm working on now. So it's going to be a glass shop I'm going to be selling next. And then he also has a bar uh, that's open and running he needs me to sell. So mm. I didn't commercial, but maybe commercial is picking me. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. That's right. So you done found a niche what's inside of a niche within inside of a niche. So you're the commercial expert queen up in the STL now. <laughs> I'm gonna try to be <laughs> right. They say you got a commercial deal. You know who to holler at. Dang. So, uh, so walk me through the story on how you dealt with him uh, when you spoke to him on the phone. How did that go? How did that conversation go? You know what? It was interesting um, because I was learning a lot. So I, I definitely made some mistakes in how I presented the offer at first, uh, which I learned from. But I, I dug in, got some information about the property, um, asked him what his goals were with it. He is, uh, you know, he's an older gentleman, so he's liquidating his his uh, portfolio. So he kind of he kind of wants to, you know, enjoy life in Cancun and kind of relax. His grandson was too young to pass it on to, so he needs to get rid of these properties. So that's mm. why he needs to help. Wow. So was he sounding like real motivated and stuff when you spoke to him? Was he like, I need to get rid of this place? Or was he more like, well, I guess I'll just sell it. Was he nonchalant? How was his attitude and his demeanor? Um, He tried to play it like he was nonchalant. But in reality, he was motivated because he didn't want to do anything else with this property. He wants to get rid of these things. Um, So he, he was pretty motivated. What kind of property was he? It was commercial, but like what kind of business was in it before that? So it's actually like a commercial property that has two different units in it. So um, one unit, one side was used as a title loan or payday loan company for many years. And the other side, he just kind of left uh, unattended. So it needed some work into it. It was a flower shop years ago. Um, but he just kind of let it sit uh, in his, as his condition because he was making enough rental income from the one side and he owned it free and clear and again he's older so he was just okay with coasting on that really in the uh easy income coming in every month and he didn't care to do anything with it mm, so he was just like whatever i just want to get rid of it and now uh, you know and he put that little baby sign in the window you like what's that little sign i'm about to call it that sounds well, like something i can handle rarely see it because the window was kind of tinted so i had to like drive up to it to actually see it no one's gonna see that wow how long did he have it up for sale before he uh ran into you so the tenants had just left out in march of this year and they put it up for sale shortly thereafter so about maybe a month before i talked to him the first time Mm, so i know that yeah his motivation level was increasing over time like wait a minute i ain't getting no responses right he wasn't getting any responses and he had his assistant helping him sell it she she wasn't you know 
the average person is not well versed in real estate. You know, you do the best you can, but so she was trying to help him. But of course, they were just going to kind of sit and wait for something to happen with that sign in the window. Wow. They didn't put it on the Internet or anything. They just put a little sign. That's it. That's it. Wow. Missing that's out. So that's they need help. So that was definitely an opportunity. I know you're looking like, man, because I just found a deal like that, too, down here in South County. Little sign. All they got is a for sale by owner sign. They didn't put it on the Internet or nothing. I call them up and I got the deal and we close on it tomorrow. So, you know, yeah. it just got to take that action, like you say, right? Right. It's all right. about action. So how was the numbers on this deal? So um, what was the purchase price they were asking and uh, how did you go about finding a buyer? So the purchase price was ultimately one twenty five. 125000 This was my first creative real estate uh, deal because he actually, per the buyer purchased it on terms. Mm. And Mr. Chris Monroe helped me on those terms, right? What up, what up, what up? We love terms. See, people say <laughs> cash is king, but that's not necessarily true. Terms yeah. is king in real estate, but don't tell everybody. I know. Yeah. So this was, it was perfect. Like I really learned a whole lot. This is like almost like another little niche just doing the terms, you know? So, um, he, the total sale price was one twenty five. The buyer put down $60,000 up front and then he was going to pay the remaining, uh, within 10 months. Oh, wow. That's good terms for that seller. Say that again. So that's pretty good terms for that seller because, uh, you know, to get basically half down and get all your money within a year, that's very good terms. It was very good. He was very impressed. He was happy, you know, and the seller was the seller and the buyer were very happy. OK. And, that's what it's about. and so how did you find the buyer? So the buyer is funny because I ran into him on a listing that I had, one of my very first listings, and he was coming to view a residential property. But like you said, you keep track of your buyers, right? So I asked him, what are you looking for? Now, he was strictly only looking for residential. But when I came across this one, I just happened to call him like, hey, you know, I know you do commercial. I, mean, I know you do residential only, but I ran into this commercial deal. Let me know if you have anyone that you know that buys commercial. And he was like, hey, Shantae, I would actually like to see it. Now, Chris, the way it happened was so funny because I literally didn't show this to no one else. You know, mm. it sold so fast. Like, I didn't get a chance to really market it much or do anything with it. I showed my buyer. He came in, and he was ready to do it now. Wow. I didn't get a chance to do much of anything on it. It was sold. Wow. So what was it that made the uh, – so did the seller automatically say he would sell it on terms, or was he just originally just trying to sell it outright for cash? Or where did the terms part come in at? Actually, the, the seller did. Um, so he, he's been in the real estate game for many, many years, and he just loved my personality. And he was just telling me, hey, Shantae, there's so many ways of making money in real estate. He was like, in fact, I'm flexible, and you can really use this to your advantage. I'll even sell it on terms. And he broke it down to me like he was teaching me, which is a great seller to have. Heck yeah, you got an That's education a and a check. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. So he kind of broke it down. I was like, okay, well, that's good. That'll give me more flexibility. And I'm sure I'll help you get this off of your hands, you know? And that's kind of how it happened. So when I ran into this buyer, you know, he typically buys all cash. But when he realized that he was willing to, um, you know, do it on terms because he didn't have the whole 125 right now, it worked out. 
So he said, you know what, I'm going to go on and drop that money and do whatever fix up. I guess that's what they're going to do over that 10 month period. Fix it up to make it up and start making money with it. Is that what the purpose of it to do it on terms? Yeah. So he, he's going to um, he's going to try to rent out the, the side that's up and functioning and ready right now, which is the painting long side. So he's going to rent that ASAP. But the other side, he's going to put some work into. Um, but it's kind of a clean slate. So any business owners, you know, they kind of have a vision can come in and really make it their own if they want. Because it's a clean slate uh, on that side. Oh, okay. So it's just open, ready for you to come in and make your finishes, put your countertop up in your cash register and start chinging that money in. That's right. Cha-ching! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they did $60,000 down, 10 months terms, $125,000 purchase price. Um, and so that's what the uh, buyer put down. And the seller, what did they? that's what they wanted or they wanted something different? The seller initially was trying to get two hundred thousand dollars. <gasps> right, you trying to get rich on one deal? That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. So you know you have to talk to them and be realistic and let them know what numbers they're looking at. And if you want this move, let's get it moved. But you have to be realistic in the prices. So you had to go in and show him that hey, yeah, this is about what it's worth. You had to give him education as well. It looks like. That's right. And I have to tell them, we have to be realistic. You know, if you really want to get this sold, you're an investor as well. No one's going to buy and lose money. You mm. know, that. no one's going to buy and lose money. So we have to make this an attractive deal where someone's going to buy it or otherwise you'll sit on it. And that's okay too, if you want to sit on it. Mm, so you let them know. So you're using them closing tactics. You went in there and just let them know, hey, this is what the deal is. You want to do this if you want to. This is your choice, but I can help you if you help, if you want to help yourself. Right. 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 So that makes sense. So uh, everybody got what they wanted out of the deal. They closed it. How long did this whole deal start take you from start to finish? Oh, it's really weeks, a week. Yeah. Same kind of quick. It was very quick. Maybe about two weeks. Yeah. About two weeks, three weeks max. Mm. Very quick. So it was just like, get it in title, put it in. And uh, did he have the buyer put down earnest money or anything or how did he do that part yeah so he was going to put down two thousand dollars in earnest money um but because the way that it kind of worked i kept uh, having to readjust the contract to make it correct to close you know in the simplest way so uh, when it all came down to it he was supposed to turn in the earnest money in three business days but we were closing in three business days so he just went ahead and, and, and brought it all to the table Dang, big money, big spender. I need to meet him. That's my cousin. Him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I told him, I said, I need to be you when I grow up, too. <laughs> right. Dropping money like it ain't funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so they was able to go ahead and get the deal in, close it up real quick. Um, mm -hmm. So when it comes to uh, the paperwork part, the contract, what was the difference between a cash deal that's real simple and trying to do a terms deal? Was it difficult? What do you, How did that go? Uh, it wasn't really difficult, but it was definitely a learning curve. So, you know, with the wholesale deals and cash deals, I've done it before. So it was easier, cleaner, very simple paperwork, you know, just the, uh, you know, the purchase agreement and the, the assignment contract. Simple, you know, but with this one here, I had to do it a little bit differently. I had to make sure the terms are written out correctly, you know, and then I made a very, very, uh, newbie mistake <laughs> uh -oh. was I wrote up the contract and all the figures were correct 
but I didn't put in a, a line item specifically stating what my commission would be. Now, how did I miss that, right? Yeah, you got to get paid somewhere. How did I, I was so busy taking care of my buyer and my seller, I forgot about me. Leslie, <laughs> 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 I love Leslie with Copper Title. I love Copper Title. And she was like, Shante, I don't see you on here. I'm like, wait a minute, Leslie. I know I did. So I put it in the calculations, but I didn't put that one line in there that I needed. So needless to say, I went back, corrected that, and both the buyer and seller were fine. You know, they, they definitely feel like I deserved what I was going to get, you know, so that was no issue. And it was perfect. Walked away with $5,000. Say quick money, and it wasn't even funny, huh? Right, right. Right. So so when you think about terms deals now, does that open up your mind to other possibilities, even when you're dealing in residential? How does that make you feel about other deals you may come across? Would you suggest that to us, another seller or something or, you know, tell yeah. them there's other ways to do things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it just opens up the door for it to be sold even even more. You know, if you're flexible, now we have more people we can market this to. Right. Right. You let them know. That's cool. So that makes perfect sense that, uh, you know, when, once you open up your mind and see that, man, there's so many things you can do in real estate. It's actually kind of overwhelming to me. Because like is. people even ask me, how do you do terms? And I'll be like, man, how much time you got? There's so oh, much stuff that this stuff, it is overwhelming. That's why I created that woke real estate investors group to try to help people that, you know, just want to get some basic ideas of what's going on with it because it's better to yeah. just drip it on you or go take a course, pay somebody $30,000 and learn this crap or just learn it on your own. You know, right. at your own time. And that's how I kind of learned it kind of more so on my own. And that's how I try mm -hmm. to, you know, drip it out on other people and let them see that there's other possibilities other than just cash right now. But like I was right. saying earlier, cash is not really king in real estate. Terms is king. You can get sweetheart terms, little or no money down and, uh, you know, a long period of time financing. I mean, that changes everything. How many houses could you buy with little or no money down? Right. Right. It opens oh. it up. So, um, all right. So uh, was there anything else that you wanted to add to the story here? Anything else? Uh, any other advice, any nuggets you would drop on somebody else that's coming across these commercial deals or terms type deals that they need to look out for? Man, I would just say, you know, stick your head in the sand and push. You know, there's definitely uh, deals out here. There's people out here that need help. There's always going to be people out here that need help, you know, because life happens. People pass away, they inherit homes, people lose jobs, people get into a bind, they get divorced, you know, all kinds of things happen. So there's always going to be people out here that need you in the real estate game. So to me, real estate was a solid industry to go into because it's never going anywhere. Everyone needs some place to stay. That's right. They need somewhere to stay. They need somewhere to play. They need somewhere to have a business, land. I mean, there's so many things. People flipping land out here. I'm like, right. man, there's so many things. You just pick you a niche and go in it. Then you got notes. That's what I've been studying more about notes. How you can flip the paper only. I mean, there's so many things you can do with this game. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. endless. So I always advocate, educate yourself, study and be the smartest person in the room because you'll find out you educating everybody around you. You know, I mean, I know you probably see that. Yes, that's right. That's right. And it's important too to put it to me to put a strong team in place, you know, because when I was, I'm still new. I'm still new. I started January, basically, you know, so I'm like, what, five months in, mm -hmm. you know, so it's important to, it was important for me to set up a, a strong team because if I have a team of people that I can reach out to when I have those questions that come up because I am new, I need a solid team that I can call and get a good answer.
so I can keep moving this ball along to the closing finish line. You know, that's right. That's right. That makes a difference. So when you say your team, you mean like the title company and like what? Uh, loan processes. What do you mean when it comes to team for people who don't know? Yeah. It's, it's like people that I've networked with. You know, I've went to a whole lot of investor meetups. Um, so I've networked with people there that I can call that are willing to help me with different things. You know, my broker, she's an investor friendly broker. So she, she wholesales as well. So I can reach out to her at any time with any questions. She's definitely been an asset. Um, her name is Tracy Larkins. Um, so she's been awesome and then i've even started you know because ultimately i started my own company as well so it's called stl homeowner solution llc so i even put a team in place for my team so we can actually automate a system to keep the leads coming in like clockwork so as i said my son Deontay hawthorne he actually you know he's like my leads guy he sends addresses all the time so you, you say know. he's doing driving for dollars for you? Is that what he's doing or what is he doing? Yep, he does driving for dollars and he skip chases for me. So he get everything done on the front end and you just come in and close deals. That's right. I come in and I um I make the, the phone calls and close the deals. And then I'm also, um, I, I got to tell you about my boy. I call him my partner in grind. <laughs> my partner in grind. His name is Roy Fraction. He's been a godsend as well. You know, so ultimately what he's going to do is he's going to be taking my cold calls and I want to set it up where I can just kind of go out there and just close the deals where I don't have to spend so much time on the phone grinding and I can be out in the field closing them and speaking and connecting and that type of thing. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that's definitely a good thing because I, I, I did that as well. Like, you know, I don't do a lot of the front end stuff. I have cold callers over in the Philippines that takes most of the calls and things like that. The basic information to know, like, you know, what's the condition of the house or ask just basic questions. You know, what's your situation? Just so we can at least get something down. And then I call back to either go see the house. Or either, you know, to, you know, make a deal with it. And that's really where your strength is. And a lot of people get stuck in that first part, like, oh, I got to do all this cold call. And I'm like, if you can task that stuff out or put a system like ringless voicemail drops or text message blasts or some type of technology on that front end stuff, because that's grunt work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of this stuff is hard. Why you yeah. want to work yourself hard when you can be closing deals where your it's talents are? Yeah, it's a grind. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad I did it initially that way because it taught me the business and it kind of slowed it down for me. I can't teach someone the business if I don't know how to do the business. You know, True. how can I call myself a boss and start a company if I can't train my employee? That's right. You got to know the game to <laughs> flow the game. <laughs> I got to know the game inside and out. So it was good for me to slow it down that way. So, you know, just put some good things in place and at least just kind of understand how the whole process worked in getting to the finish line. Because as you know, once you get to title, that's when the real ball starts. Yeah, because it's all kind of issues can pop up. Yes, yeah, <laughs> all kinds of things. So it's, it's, a, it's different. And it's crazy, Chris, because when I first started wholesaling, you know, in the group, it sounded so easy. You know, you just go ahead and close those deals and kill them. But then, and I thought once I got my first contract, which is the purchase contract, you know, I'm like, oh, that's it. I got it. You know, but then I realized, oh, now you got to get a buyer. So that's a whole nother grind. So, a whole nother grind. Yeah. You got to get a buyer. The buyer got to cooperate. The seller got to cooperate. You got to get it to title. Hope no title issues come up. Because like I said, I left over about $40,000 in assignment fees in 2018 from deals that didn't make it to the finish line. Not mm -hmm. on my part or it's something that I did wrong, but it was more so just like title issues. There's nothing I can do about right. that. 
You know, right. I can try to work it out, but it's not, it's a problem that was there before I came along. Right. And see, that's what I had. I had one of mine that when I was supposed to close on, remember I posted it in the group and the day we were supposed to close, a probate issue came up that wow. day, that day. So I was like, well, how did that come up like at the last minute? But it did. So come to find out, I guess the mom right before she passed, I believe, had opened up probate or somewhere where they didn't, they weren't quite aware of it. Whoa. So we end up having to jump through that hoop. But it happened miraculously quick. You know, usually probate, from what I hear, takes about maybe 120 days or better. But this one got done in like two weeks. <laughs> so wow. things just be miraculously happening sometimes. <laughs> they just got to push the button and say, hurry up and do it before everybody figure out what happened. Close that yeah. thing. It ain't over to the thing on thing. Close. Get to the closing wow. table. Get it done. Get it done. That's that's somebody blowing my phone up right now. We're about to close a deal this afternoon. And I'm like, dang, they blowing my phone up. Don't, you know, quit doing that. We're just trying to get to the table and get there. Stop giving me problems. <laughs> yeah. Man, I swear, Chris, my phone, I can't keep it charged. Because my phone be, oh, my God, it's blowing up. I posted that $5,000 house for sale. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my yeah. went bananas. My, yeah. Oh, my God. I was even getting phone calls, you know, comments. It was so much. I had to really work on keeping up with them all. Yeah. So that's basically uh, from what I ran into, because I had a house similar like that. I had a house for sale for sixty three hundred one time on South St. Louis. So my mm -hmm. phone was blowing up. Emails. Yeah. Everything. I was like, golly, where all these buyers come from? You know, how people say you got to look for buyers. You get a deal like that. Buyers they come out the woodwork. Everybody a buyer, even you. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, even you. Yes, that's right. Right. So that's uh. So any other uh, what do you what do you plan on doing in the future? Are you trying to do buy and hold, or you just want to stay in wholesaling? You want to do agent? What What are you going to do for the future? I'm always going to keep my real estate license, you know. Um, but ultimately, I want to buy and hold. Um, but I'm kind of scared of having renters. I don't really want to deal with the mentality of renters sometimes. Um, so I kind of like the idea of uh, doing like a rent-to-own because at least if I'm dealing with rent-to-own clients and those people have the idea of wanting to take care of the home instead of being so willing to tear down the home, you know, so I don't want to start off uh, dealing with that headache, you know. That's smart. So ultimately, I do want to pursue rent-to-own opportunities and help people uh, become homeowners that think that they can't become a homeowner. Exactly. That's who's bugging me right now. About to be a rent to own tenant buyer. They're about to close this deal. Fifteen thousand dollar check. Let's see if we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so I'll, I'll be doing a video on that too, a case study on this deal once it finishes between today and tomorrow to break this deal down because it's getting crazy. She just mm -hmm. trying to say, where do I put the check name in? Pay to Chris Monroe. No. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, you know, along the way, I've even had people. Like trying to give me the money cash. Like, oh, do I give you the money now? I'm like, no, no, no. And please don't ever give someone your money out here on these streets. They will sham you. You know? Exactly. Yeah, don't let don't be handing people money because that happened with that house I had uh under contract that I was trying to sell for sixty three hundred. The guy had the paperwork right there. He was trying to hand it to me. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to go through title and all this other stuff, even though you really don't have to. But I always suggest a lot of people don't know that you don't really have to. But it's mm -hmm. always best to go through title. And I do all these quick claim deeds and all this other stuff because you can get ganked with that, too. You get a house with a lien on it. 
You don't even know it because I was working on a, a duplex on the South St. Louis. The house only worth like thirty thousand. It had a twenty thousand dollar MSD bill, a sewer oh, lien on it for twenty thousand. Wow. Yeah, nobody never paid the bill in like twenty years, so it's just sitting on the house. Whoever acquired this property, I don't know if you're gonna ever be able to sell the property. Um, it's gonna be on there, so you know, little stuff like that. That's why you go through the title company, get a warranty deed, make sure you're protected in the deal, especially That's if you're spending money. That's right. That's right. And that's what I have. Sometimes I have to educate my buyers, you know, when those come over to me and ask simple questions, like I had someone ask me yesterday, well, what's a realtor, Shantae? You know, or um, someone will ask me, well, hey, well, can I just meet you at the house and bring you the $5,000 cash now? You know, and I'm like, well, it doesn't work that way. Let's use, we use yeah. the title company, you know? <laughs> exactly. But like I say, you know, you people used to do that a lot. Those tabletop or kitchen tabletop clothes and just close it right at the house. I wouldn't suggest doing it. I'd rather pay a little bit of money to protect myself in the deal because it's not worth it to close a deal, get his person the money. They ran off down the street. And now you're like, dang, my money gone. And I got this house and I can't do nothing with it because it got liens, encumbrances and taxes right. and whatever else that can come up. It's always right. issues. And that's why we use that third party title company or attorney, depending on what state a person is in. That's other than right. that, Miss Shantae, uh, any, any, any other nuggets you want to drop? You know, the only thing I can say is don't be afraid of what you don't know. You're never going to know everything in this game because I still learn every single day, but that doesn't stop me from closing deals. So you just got to go after it. You just have to be dedicated and go after it. And you deserve it. Exactly. That's right. That's right. So if somebody want to connect with you on social media or anything, uh, what, how do they connect with you? So I'm actually um, just playing James Shante Hawthorne at Facebook, on Facebook. And then my business page is STL Homeowner Solutions, LLC. All right. There you go. Oh, I meant to ask you, do you do like those, uh, what they call flat rate listings? If somebody just wanted to give an automatic rate just to, to list the property, would you do stuff like that? I do. 500 bucks. Oh, 500. That's all. Yep. I'm about to send you some houses now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Thanks, Shantae. And for uh, those who are watching live on YouTube or any other place, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel. Follow me on all social media outlets at Chris Monroe STL. That's Snapchat. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. You name it. All that and more at Chris Monroe STL. And don't forget to join that free woke real estate investors group on Facebook as well. A lot of goodies in there. Other than that, uh, we're about to get up out of here and do some more woke stuff. So do now what you do, you. be who you be, and I'll see you before you see me. Peace out, Shantae, and everybody. Thank you, Chris. Bye. Bye.